everyone. This is Michael Wilson from Queensryche, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, everyone. This is Todd Latore from Queensryche, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 288 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This episode, we bring to you an interview with Queensryche vocalist Todd Latore. Queensryche just released a new album called Conditioned Human, and it's a kick-ass album definitely need to check out. Todd talks to us about this album, touring, and a bunch of other stuff. So before we get to that interview, though, here is a track from Conditioned Human. This is Arrow of Time. Ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I got Todd Latore from the band Queensryche. How are you doing today, Todd? I am well. How are you? Uh, doing good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. So, first off, you guys just finished up a tour uh, with the Scorpions. Uh, they were celebrating their 50th anniversary and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about how that tour went? It was awesome. Um, you know, we got to play arenas and played a Ten to 15,000 people, you know, almost every show. And, uh, you know, the band was was really cool, very gracious people, humble. Um, their crew was really great. So it was a really great pairing mm-hmm. uh, for Queensryche to play with the Scorpions. And 
it was a lot of fun to have the band's music translate once again in that big arena sound. So it was a, a lot of fun. We had a great time and, uh, you know, hopefully we get to do more with them at some point in the future. Who knows? You guys just uh, released uh, the new album, Conditioned Human. We want to congratulate you on that. It's been getting a lot of good reviews, and it's an amazing al- Thank album. You, yeah. Um, so, want to talk a little bit about the album since it just came out. Um, sure. The uh, this album, you guys had a little more time to work on this one than the last album that you were on. You're on. This is your second album with Queensrÿche. Um, can you talk a little bit about the process doing this album compared to uh, the previous album you did with Queensryche? Sure. Well, like you said, the band, uh, you know, there was more time to work and develop these songs. Uh, we were not under any kind of time constraints. Uh, so that was definitely um, a lot better. And, you know, having the the lawsuit over... That wasn't something we had to, to deal with, or it wasn't anything that was kind of poking its head in our in our way. Um, you know, the songwriting pr- process is still pretty much the same in the sense that a lot of the initial songwriting is done uh, file transfers, email, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and then we, when we're together touring, then obviously we'll we'll go over ideas together on the bus or in a hotel room or whatever and talk about things like that. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun to make the record and Zeus, uh, who was our engineer and producer. I think he definitely achieved what we were, you know, kind of hoping would happen with this record with, you know, sonically the record just sounds amazing to my ears anyway. Yeah. Um, and, he was he was really mindful of bringing back those classic elements that are Queensryche, like the dual harmony guitars. Um, he worked a lot with me on my vocals, and we you know experimented with some different um, phrasings and things to do, and you know whatever made most sense for the songs. But we just had a lot more time to to mess with this stuff and pre-production. You know, we spent uh, really many, 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 many hours on pre-production mm-hmm. and tearing songs apart and working on arrangements and what's strong about them, what's what needs improving, what's what should we just get rid of altogether. Um, and so, comparing the two, considering the 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 time that we did spend on the last record, I think it came out awesome, and I'm very proud of that record. And they're they're great songs. This one, I think, uh, has more complexity to the arrangements and the layering of guitar work and all of the vocal things that I got to do and just a lot of, you know, I think that the record just shows uh, uh, more depth in in certain ways. Um, And obviously I've had more time in the band right. to to learn the guys and their writing styles individually and that kind of a thing but we everyone had an awesome time making the record and it, it definitely seems to be being received very well and you know in this day and age sales aren't what they used to be but right. you know we're we're right at about the 20,000 sale mark for 2 weeks so that's 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 a pretty 
that's a very successful thing that we set out to accomplish. And, uh, you know, we're just getting ready to do a full tour starting January and uh, we will start integrating more songs from this record and, and likely, uh, changing up or adding some songs from the last record we did as well. Now, when you... Into um, the set list. Right, right. Um, and the one thing I like about this album, too, and I think you kind of mentioned it, was it has all the classic Queensryche elements, and it, it seems like it, it fits in with all, like, you know, the classic Queensryche albums, and it just moves as a, a linear progression past those ones. So it's it's it's... Sonically and, and, and th- you know, sound wise, it's 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 definitely a, a Queensryche album. Um, awesome. Now, what did you do? I mean, your voice, you know, you get a lot of comparisons to Jeff Tate, right? So you guys, you know, you both have amazing singers and and whatnot, and you got you pull off the old stuff, you know, flawlessly. Um, what did you try and bring to this album to make it more your own? That's a good question. Um examples of the, the, you know, the versatility that I have would be uh, ranging from Hellfire, mm-hmm. which has that more gritty uh, texture that's more natural to me than the very super clean vocals. Right. Um, and then, you know, you, you've got this real kind of falsetto breathy intro to the song Just Us. You know, I, I've been influenced by Jeff Tate when I was younger, Bruce Dickinson, Ronnie mm-hmm. James Dio, Michael Sweet, Jeff Scott Soto, Rob Halford, um, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all of those guys had things that I loved about their voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at almost 42 years old, when you've been singing those songs, you know, lots of songs from those various artists, you, you you know, when you're starting to write something, you'll say, you just naturally feel that this is the direction vocally that the song is taking me. Okay. Um, and so on this new record, I feel that I was definitely able to spread my wings more simply because the music called for and allowed for some of those stylistic qualities and phrasings to come out. So I was super happy that you know, I feel like this record undoubtedly, you know, has, aside from death growls, which are not Queensryche, but right. something I still like to do, mm-hmm. everything else vocally in the in this genre, I was able to 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 really demonstrate uh, and write and and show, you know, that I that I can do these different things, and you know, I love the breakdowns in some songs where I get to have more of that emotional kind Mm -hmm. of haunting delivery. Um, So yeah, this this record feels like my, you know, I, I, I'm really, my roots are really planted in the band. Good on this one. Yeah. And it it sounds like that too. And it's, like I said, it's it's a great album. I've really enjoyed listening to it since it's come out and I've gotten it. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you very much. Oh yeah, it, it's like you know, it's you know, Queensrÿche's one of my favorite bands, and it was you know one of the, actually very first band I ever saw live way back when, and it's wow. just, it's uh, happy. I'm just glad to see it continue. And I saw you guys in Pittsburgh last year when you were at the Older Bar, and it was it was an amazing show. And oh was, yeah, <laughs> and that was that yeah. was a great show. Um, but uh, you know, moving on with that, you know. 
did you guys when you guys were working on this album were you writing this over the last two years since the last album or was it did you uh break it up at all and, and we had we had a i mean well the guys are always you know you know if they have an idea they'll record right. an idea but we you know after the the after the the last record the 2013 release came out we just needed a little breather so i would say that we weren't actively songwriting as a band mm -hmm. for you know six months or something i mean maybe michael had something he worked on and he recorded but actually like passing songs around and like diligently working we just we just needed a little breather because right. we've just been we were immersed in that for, for so much, you know, like hardcore, um, it, you just got to clear your head a little bit and then you're still touring a lot. And that's, you know, that, that, that gets tiring and very, mm -hmm. very time consuming. And so, uh, it, I think that to have the best and natural creativity come out from us, it, it can't be forced on the time. So, right. um, you know, but, but, you know, but I would say the last, you know, year and a half, year, year and a half, you know, we were working on songs and, you know, we would share different song ideas and have, you know, start working on demos and, and, and that kind of thing. And then once it was time to, okay, we're going to make a record now, you know, that was when we brought Zeus into the fold right? and, uh, started on pre-production and said okay well we this is great but it's unfinished we still need to write a chorus for that or you know, that's when we got really into the pre-production and in the work you know really got it got uh honed in on cool now you mentioned you know a lot of touring and whatnot and then do you find a hard to balance touring and writing or even the fact that it seems like nowadays a band has to spend more time on the road um because the landscape of the music scene has kind of changed a lot. Yeah, it's definitely changed. I mean, you know, back in the day, a band could take a you know, take a year off right. and actually be at home and write and record, you know, and do that. Mm -hmm. Now, the only way to make a substantial living is to tour. So I think that you're absolutely right that most bands are spending, you know, the bulk of their time on the road and, you know, you'll fill in some, some time on the road with really getting serious about songwriting. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it's riffing, showing ideas. You know, the guys bring their, their, their MacBooks out or whatever. And yeah. you know, they have their, their pro tools on the road and, you know, they'll track ideas, but it's definitely a lot harder to to find the time where you say, okay, we've got, you know, three months or two months. We're not touring. We're just gonna mm -hmm. work on songs every day and that's all we do. I wish that we were doing I wish that we had the time to do that, frankly. Right. A, I, I miss being home. <laughs> yeah. You know, and B, um, it's just really great when you're in your own place and you're there's no time constraints and you can shut all the, there's nobody coming around and it's quiet and you can just really get into the right headspace right. to write music instead of going, oh crap, you know, a year's gone by, we've been touring and we, you know, we need to like start cranking up. Then it, then it becomes forced. Right. And you know, it's, it's hard to create 
to create good stuff when it's when you feel pressured with time. Because, yeah, I, re- I remember, like, when I was growing up, you know, a band would put out an album, they would tour supporting that album, then they would, you know, take a year, two years, write the next album, but now it's like, you yeah. know, it's tour album, tour album, tour album, it's almost the reverse now, you're, tour- you're creating albums to support the tour. Yeah, you know, uh, David Draymond, he, 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 he made a, I watched an interview from him not, not that long ago, and, you know, he said that Disturbed just got caught up in the cycle of exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. And it just, he didn't like it. Right. So they said, you know, we need to, to kind of regroup here and do what we want to do. And it almost seems like this expectation, oh, they're going to put a record out, they're going to tour, they're going to put a record out, they're going to tour, just constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a value in doing, like, the old the old days. People... People don't see you tour for a year, mm-hmm. and then you got a new record, and then they want—they all want to come out and check it out because they right. haven't seen you. Right, but right. now it's like every band's on tour all year because that's the only way to earn a living. It, exactly. You know, you have these companies like Spotify and all these things that you know I detest. Right. And they're the ones that are killing the killing the industry, and you know, thankfully the fans are the only ones that keep this this ship from sinking. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you mentioned, like, the streaming and whatnot, and I think that kind of sterilized the experience of, of music. Because um, I remember I'd buy an album, and it's like, you know, I'd rip the CD open and go through the cover art and the liner notes, and feeling that and smelling that and, and holding that tangible object. Yep. Um, and now yep. you got the streaming, which, you know, Spotify or whatnot, it's, it's sterilizing everything. It sterilizes it. People are listening to shitty MP3s. Mm-hmm. They're not getting all the good sonic qualities of the of the the versions on the CD itself. People aren't the younger generations, for the most part, are detached from the experience of, like you said, opening the CD. Everyone just wants to download stuff from right. iTunes or wherever. Put their put their MP3s in their iPod, create their own playlist, and then you know. Then there's a sense of entitlement. Well, you made the music. I deserve to have it now. Right, and right. then, you know, your shit's on torrent sites and everyone's ripping you off. And then, but they see you on a tour bus and playing, you know, shows and they're like, well, they're loaded. They got plenty of money. They can, <laughs> I'm not really hurting them if I download the record. Who's going to know or care? Right, right. And it's just, it's, it's such a damaging systemic problem and it's exponential. One guy that says that. And then the next guy says it. Next thing you know, you know, go look at the music section. Where's right. your local music store? It's right. it's not. I mean, you know, the Specs Music and Camelot and Turtles and yeah. whatever. You know, all the big music stores are gone. You right. have these really cool kind of mom and pop record stores that are really cool. But I mean, you go into these retailers and the the CD section is very. It's either non-existent or very. Very small. Um, downsized. Yeah. Very small. And, you know, another thing is in the United States, they haven't adjusted the criteria for gold stand, gold and silver and platinum and all that. Right. It's still 500,000 sales for gold, which is like, come it, on, unless you're like a, a, a 
a very famous pop artist, mm-hmm. you're not coming anywhere near those numbers. Right. right. And, uh, you know, in Germany, gold is 100,000. You know, um, some countries are 60,000. And, and maybe it's because of the, you know, the density, the population and how, right. it, how it relates to how many people are in the country. But my point is, you know, what, what rock bands are getting gold records now? Exactly. Nobody. Right. Nobody. And it's a, it's a travesty because right. it's like there was a perception and a value placed on record sales and, and charting. And now it's just like, you know, your record is a business card to get people to come out and check your show out and hopefully they buy a t-shirt. Right. That, that's really the, the, the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And then I think very, it's a very hard business. Oh yeah, and I think even now, like with the the need to constantly tour, you also run the risk of of uh, burning out the fans quicker if you're coming back, you know, two three times a year. That's or, a very good point. Exactly. And, and then, so all, then you start, you know, you play your A markets, and then you got your B, you know, your your more rural areas. Right. Maybe bands don't come through there as much, and so yeah, it's it's an interesting time. Uh, for this business, for sure. I mean, I remember when MTV was a thing and there oh, was yeah. a video and I was like, wow, now it's like everybody ha- having a video isn't, isn't special. They're right. cool and they're neat, but right. it's not special. Oh, yeah. Everybody has a YouTube channel. Everybody has a camera. Everybody, you know, everything is kind of, everyone's an engineer now because they have a recording platform. Right. You know, they think they're an engineer, but you know, everyone can do it on your own, and, and it's awesome in some ways because back in the day, like, the only way to get a good recording was you had to go to a, a real studio and mm-hmm. pay real money. Now you can do it out of your house, and you can still engineer great things from your home, but right. it, it's the exposure, the accessibility, and the marketability for for artists is so much better but it's become so saturated mm-hmm. that it just and, and it make, thus it makes our attention span shorter because there's you know you go on YouTube you click a video and it's like then you see you know ten things on the right side of your column that might pique your interest. Before it was MTV World Premiere Video, exactly. you had to wait around to see it, and there was there was something to be said for that that suspense and anticipation. Mm-hmm. You know, it made it made it cooler. Oh yeah, and like you said, it was an event. You know, you you know, I kind of, I grew up on Headbangers Ball and, and, and all that. Me too. And you know, I Saturday night midnight, I'd be up all night watching. You know, and then they would loop it over for the West Coast, so I'd watch it again. And it's it, it's yep. it was <laughs> you know you see and you saw lots of great conceptual videos that were kind of like mini movies. You know, the Iron Maidens, yep. and then I remember when Metallica won. You know, that was a huge event. That was you know. You, you'll never get that again. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, one thing, though, that I think, you know, and I know you you guys kind of dabbled with this on the newest album was like the Pledge Music campaigns, which to me kind of seems like a, a positive step where bands can actually tailor packages for fans. And, you know, some people even mm-hmm. use the Pledge Music campaign to you know, where fans, I think Seven Dust did it, where they actually had fans kind of giving feedback on on, on one of their their acoustic album or whatnot, and you know the mm-hmm. fans were more involved in the process. Um, what was the Pledge Music experience like for you guys? 
it was it was great. I mean, it was very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and again, when you're dealing with a band like Queensrÿche or a band from that has that 30 year history, you're dealing with a demographic primarily that again enjoyed that experience. What does that mean? That means Queensrÿche's offering a hoodie with the CD that is only going to happen for this one time and it's never going to be made again. Right. So you have these novelty items and these very unique one-off things that you know, the, the fans of the music really dig that, that rare one cool thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not going to be in production anymore. And again, it was, a, it's a way to engage with fans differently. People pledged, to have private phone calls with whoever they wanted in the band. And right. so we would call these people and just bullshit about whatever, right, you right. know, um, about sports or the, where they live and what's going on with that. Or they, if they have questions about whatever they want to ask, it's like, it's free for all. Let's just talk and we'll hang out and, you know, we chat for 30, 45 minutes or whatever right. they wanted. Right. And uh, otherwise that would never happen. And some of those people really wanted to talk to, you know, the original guys in the band because they're able to, to, to talk about that history. And Mm -hmm. then other people wanted to talk to Parker and myself and, you know, whatever. So yeah, those are just unique ways to engage with the fans that otherwise, you know, you just really wouldn't offer. Right. right. So it was was super cool. Um, I think overall people really dug it and, uh, and, Let's be honest, because of the, the nature of the, the business today and the way that it is, because you're reliant upon touring and merchandising, mm-hmm. it's just an extension of our merchandise for a limited period of time. It's right. another way to generate income offering exclusive, cool, you know, creative, you know. Things. Right, right. But, you know, I think it's, you know, that extra special thing that the fans will appreciate a lot more. Um, sure. Yeah. Now, handwritten lyric sheets exactly. I did. And, oh, wow. You know, a lot of cool memorabilia that, you know, will, yeah. you know, stick with them for a lot longer than, you know, some of the normal stuff, like a downloaded right. MP3 or, a, you know, a, you know, a stream right. that you have to, you know, pay for monthly. Um, now, right. you guys, are, the album's out. Uh, what are the tour plans? Are you guys going to be doing another headlining tour? Yeah, starting January, um, I just looked at the logistics of the tour, and we'll be announcing those dates, uh, I imagine, soon. Um, but we'll be out starting January, or first part of January. Um, I think that'll be a, about a solid month tour, headlining you know, our right. own shows. Um, and uh, I think we'll have you know some support, one or two support acts. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, we'll be, and we'll like, we'll be integrating newer songs from this record and again, probably something different from the last record that we did. Um, and then we do the Monsters of Rock cruise uh, towards the end of February. Um, they're working on doing some different things for March and, you know, we'll, we'll be back in Europe for the summer right. to do shows and some some festivals that we weren't able to to do this year. Um, 
but for this, for right now, for, for this year, we've, I leave Friday. We've got a show in Portland, Oregon, and then Spokane, Washington. Then mm-hmm. I come home Then we've got another show, um, in Albuquerque. So there's like four or five shows right. for the, for the rest of the year. Most of December, I think is completely off. Cool. Um, I think we'll, we'll have one new year's gig or something maybe, but, um, some time to relax. Yeah. We'll start ramping up January and, you know, do our thing. Is there any, uh, you know, look, when you're looking at set lists and things like that, are there any songs that, like, you know, from classic deep cuts that really aren't played live anymore that you would like to, to pull out of the out of the closet? Of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do um, London. I would love to do Screaming in Digital. Right, I would right. love to do um, No Sanctuary or Before the Storm or Deliverance. Like, there's only three songs off the warning that we've never done live. So any of those I would love to do. Right. Um, You know, and then some stuff off of Rage. Yeah. Uh, Mind Crime, I'm, you know, maybe maybe do Operation Mind Crime. Right, right. Something, you know, the the mission or something like that. But for me, I I really dig... uh, you know, from the EP, EP Rage and Warning and Rage. Mm-hmm. If we were to pull out, like you said, those more obscure deep cuts, I, I would, I would rather pull from those than from Mind Crime. Right, right. You know, I, I like those records better. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all great albums, but I think you know, of course, the fans would love to hear some of those really obscure, like you know, Screaming in Digital or London, and and you know, some of, you know, Rage mm-hmm. Order is a great album, and it's. You know, sometimes overlooked it, I think, sometimes. Um, but, you know, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It was a real pleasure talking to you. And, uh, again, congratulations. My pleasure. On, congratulations on the new album. And uh, it's uh, it's a great album. And going to definitely, you know, have our listeners and stuff recommend them pick it up and whatnot because it's, it's, it's a classic modern Queensryche album. Um well, we we appreciate the you know the interest and the support. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It you know like I said, it's a real pleasure talking to you, and I uh, want to wish you luck with the album and the upcoming tour, and hopefully we'll get to see you in Pittsburgh again soon. Right on. Well, I'm sure we'll cross paths next year. Cool, cool. Thanks a lot, Todd. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Hey, you too.
Hey, that song coming out of the interview is a track called Hellfire. Again, that's off the album Condition Human. I'd like to thank Todd for taking the time to talk to us. Queensryche recently announced their U.S. tour dates, which starts early next year, so you definitely want to check out their website or social media. Check that out. Sadly, as of now, there are no Pittsburgh dates. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>